Continuing our sermon series this morning from the book of 2 Corinthians called The Needs of an Imperfect Church. So we've had uh, four messages in this series now looking at specific things that an imperfect church needs. Because obviously we're an imperfect church because we're imperfect people. And so when imperfect people come together to form a church or a body, and in this case the body of Christ, we're imperfect. And there are things that we need. Uh, specifically, we need God and we need his work in our life. But we've also been talking about just some, some needs of the church that we need to focus on. Uh, and, and so we've talked about one is that a, an imperfect church needs a proper perspective on life. We need God's perspective and we need to look at life uh, through his eyes. Uh, we need leaders who understand their responsibility, uh, not only individually, but their responsibility as leaders and leaders in, in the church, leaders of the body of Christ. Uh, we need people who are being transformed daily. It's not just a, a transformation that occurs at the time you trust Christ, it's not bippity-boppity-boo, now you're perfect and, and everything is great. The Christian life is about being sanctified and becoming holy as God is holy and doing that on a daily basis. And so an, an imperfect church needs people who are being transformed daily. We also need a proper understanding of ministry. So not just from the, the, the standpoint of um, what, are, what are we to do individually, but, but what is ministry? What what does that look like? What is our ministry in the world? What has God called us to do? And as an imperfect church, we need that. And so the, the book of Second Corinthians, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul really zones in on this idea of what real ministry looks like. And, and unfortunately, we've gotten so many bad ideas, especially in the American church, about what ministry is and isn't. And an imperfect church needs an, an understanding, a biblical understanding of what ministry is. Today we're going to talk about a related topic to the topic from last time, which is that an imperfect church needs a big purpose. An imperfect church needs a big purpose. And I know a lot of you may be thinking, okay, here we go. Uh, we're going to have a capital campaign and we're going to raise some money and we're going to build a building or we're going to, we're going to start a ministry or whatever like that. We're not, um, that, that's not what we're talking about. We're going to be in second Corinthians chapter five, verse nine through 21. And really what we want to talk about is the task that God has given us. It is what he has called us to do. And obviously we've got individual callings and there are individual plans that God has for each of us. And we're going to walk a path that looks different from what someone else might walk. But we're, we're talking about globally as the church, as the body of Christ, what is the purpose? What is this big purpose that God has called us to Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. And this is really kind of our, really our key verse for today. But it says, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We are Christ's ambassadors. Christ's ambassadors. I mean, does that terrify you? It terrifies me. Do you feel the weight and the gravity that comes along with this idea that I am Christ's ambassador? Every time I speak, I speak for Christ. Every action I take reflects on Christ. The choices I make tell the world what I believe about Christ. 
for those of you who, who don't know, I, I assume that most of you do, but it's not necessarily a popular thing to be discussed in the media these days, but an ambassador is someone who is sent by the leader of an organization or a country or uh, some group of people into a foreign organization or country or group of people to speak for that leader. So the United States has ambassadors to other countries. Um, so th this, this concept of ambassador is someone who is sent to speak on behalf of the United States. This person doesn't speak for themselves. When they speak, they're carrying a message from the United States of America wherever it is they're speaking. It's, it's, it's not unlike the concept of a lawyer um, or an agent or someone who would speak on your behalf. As a lawyer, I'm tasked with speaking for my clients. I'm there to be their mouthpiece. I'm there to represent them, and I have a special duty uh, that's implied by the law in order for me to do that. But this is our purpose as followers of Christ. This is the answer to the most asked question in the history of human thought and philosophy. And that question is, why am I here? What is my purpose? This is it, to be an ambassador for Christ. As we think about this concept of being an ambassador and, and speaking on behalf of Christ, I hope that it, it maybe sinks in today a little more than it ever has. For you. And I hope you'll, you'll spend a little bit of time dwelling on this idea that I represent Christ. I know that for me, in the course of my discipleship and in really pushing further toward what God would have me to be, this has been key. This idea that everything that I do and say represents Christ in the world and I'm supposed to be a reflection of Him changes you and it should change everything about the way you live life and about the way you go about your daily walk. I'm an ambassador for Christ. And you might say, well, I'm not up to that challenge. That's, that's too heavy. That's, that's too big of a burden and I'm not good enough. The, the great thing about it is like, you don't have to be. To be an ambassador to the United States, you got to know somebody or you got to be qualified or you've got to have some sort of political connection, or there's got to be some kind of political reason for making you an ambassador. But you have to sort of have those qualifications in order to be an ambassador. The cool thing about being an ambassador for Christ is he actually makes you qualified. So not only does he call you to be an ambassador, he qualifies you himself. I mean, he's good enough. Look, look at verses 14 and 15. Verse 14 says, Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. Here's the important part in verse 15. He says, He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So the weight of being an ambassador or this idea of, of, of being an ambassador being too hard, it's, it's, 
It's really not an issue of whether or not you're qualified. It's an issue of who are you living for? Because being an ambassador for Christ is a lot easier when you're living for him. So are you living for yourself or are you living for Christ? When you're posting on social media, is that for you or is that for him? When you're talking to your neighbor and talking to your neighbor about how to live life or, or the things of the world, that, uh, are, is that for you? Are you trying to win arguments? Or is that for Christ? When you're making that job decision, when you're making that relationship decision, when you're making that financial decision, is that for you? Or is that for Christ? That's, that's this concept of being an ambassador. You know, one of the interesting things in the law, and it's not a thing that gets talked about a lot, and it started to, to fade in our culture as a concept, as we become a culture that, that backs out of deals as quickly as we make them. But, but as a lawyer, and uh, this is something that's very key to, to my profession. It's, it's key to me being able to continue to practice law for a living. This idea that I have what's called a fiduciary relationship with my clients. I have to work and do things in the best interest of my clients, and it's above my interest. If I put my interest above my client's interest, that's a breach of the attorney-client relationship, and I could lose my law license for it. If you're partners with somebody, if you're in a business and you have a partner, your fiduciary duty, and this word fiduciary, it's just a special relationship that goes higher than just a friendship or just an association. We have a special relationship. If I'm a partner with someone, my job is to work for the benefit of our partnership. I have to put the needs of the partnership above my own. If I don't, I can be held in breach of that fiduciary duty. I could be severed from the partnership and I could be charged with a whole lot of damages that I'd have to pay to the partnership and or to my partner because I've breached that duty. So as a society, we sort of have this concept of what it looks like to speak for somebody else and to represent somebody else and to have this special fiduciary relationship with somebody else. As ambassadors for Christ, we have a very clear and critical purpose. God lays it out for us in his word. And Paul reminds us of that here in 2 Corinthians. Our clear and critical purpose is to plead with people to come back to God. To beg them to come back to God. That's our purpose as a church, is to declare that reconciliation, that salvation can be had through Christ and that we can be back in right relationship with God and that that's necessary for eternal life. It's necessary to live the life that God created us to live. Look at verses 16 and 17 because we want to look at how, how we can do that well. How can we... How can we be Christ's ambassadors well? How can we speak well for him? Look at verse 16. It says, so, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, but how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. See, 
the key is right there at the beginning of the verse. And it's, it's almost so plain that we miss it. It says, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Man, some of the biggest problems in our society right out here right now is because we evaluate people from a human point of view. It is a giant problem. Ambassadors for Christ, we don't think like the world thinks. We don't seek earthly wisdom. We don't subscribe to earthly labels that humans have put on things. We don't put people into categories. We don't put people into class systems. We don't evaluate people from a human perspective. We evaluate them from God's perspective. And why do we do this? Because we're new. Because we're new. Man, if you look like the world in the way that you approach the world's problems and the way that you approach people and the way that you relate to people, you're not an ambassador for Christ. It's pretty simple. The old life is gone if you're in Christ. Paul doesn't say this in a way that, like it's optional. Like if you're in Christ, you'll need to put your old life away. He he actually assumes in his statement that if you're in Christ, you're new. If you're not in Christ, you're not new. We don't sit around fretting about our purpose. We're new. God made us miraculously new and adopted us into his family to become sons and daughters of the king. Just like Jennifer Pilpay talked about in their devotional this past week about this orphan mentality and living life as if we're still orphans when we've been adopted by the king of the universe. We are children of the king. And as children of the king, as ambassadors for the king, we have to be about the king's business. And what is that? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 19. All of this, this salvation, this reconciliation, this newness, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, and no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Not that we go around not counting people's sins against them, but that we proclaim to them that their sins will not be counted against them by a holy God who will reconcile them to himself. This message, this ministry of reconciliation is very simple. It's the bold and urgent proclamation of the gospel of Jesus and its assurance that forgiveness for sin and a right relationship with the creator of the universe is available through Christ. Jesus reconciled us to God and fixed that broken relationship that sin created. And now we proclaim that truth to others. God Paul says, is making his appeal through us. We are his mouthpiece with a megaphone speaking his truth to a lost 
and to a dying world. So let's not get caught up in side activities as trying to fix societal ills. Let's not get caught up in side activities of trying to fix political parties. Let's not get caught up of side activities of trying to repair relationships without the gospel. Let's not get caught up in side activities of trying to feed the poor without the gospel. That's not our job, not our task, not our purpose. Our purpose is to give the gospel to people with love and beg them to come back to God. We share this message of reconciliation with love and our lives as Christians have to reflect that we believe it. And not only that we believe it, but that we've been changed by it. We should look new. We should look different, not the same. We should look like we've put all our faith and our hope and our trust in Christ alone. God pursues, the Holy Spirit convicts, Jesus saves, but we've been given the privilege to be his ambassadors with this message. And look, here's the cool thing. Every believer, every believer, everyone plays a part in this ministry of reconciliation. Every single person who calls City Church home and has been reconciled to God through Christ has this ministry. This imperfect church called City Church has this big purpose. It's not a gifting. You don't have to be specially called. It's not for an elite group of the anointed. It's not a secret formula. It's our big purpose. Now we're going to carry it out in different ways. As the Apostle Paul reminds us, one plants, one sows, one waters, and God gives the increase. God takes care of the rest. One thing that has struck me in recent times is that most people in our culture don't know history. It's almost laughable at times how little we know about human history. My friend Kevin McKinney reminded me this week that a very rudimentary survey of history from the time Jesus rose from the dead will reveal some pretty important things. From the apostles to the first churches to the ministry of Paul to the spread of the gospel to Europe and to Asia, to the Great Reformation, to the Great Awakening, the birth of the United States of America. The one thing that has impacted cultures and changed lives and communities and overthrown evil and oppression is the gospel. Men and women, ambassadors for Christ, stood up and boldly proclaimed the truth and preached Christ crucified and risen and begged people to come back to God. No social reform or social justice or political system or scheme of man has ever had that kind of world-changing impact. Human governments rise and fall. Cultural systems change and collapse and are revived And without fail, where cultures and governments turn from the God, Jehovah God, the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Jesus Christ, whenever cultures have turned from that God, they have burned spectacularly to the ground 
and have been swept onto the ash heap of history. Every single time. Because why? Because human wisdom and human learning and human schemes, they fail. They falter. But where the gospel is preached faithfully and in love, people turn to God and they become new. And their families change. And their communities change. And their country changes. And then the world changes. Not through reform or activism, but because hearts have been changed by the penetrating gospel of Jesus Christ as people have come to know him and become his ambassadors in the world to beg others to come back to God. Listen, I know the task is big, but God is bigger. Will you speak for him? God, sometimes it's overwhelming to think about this idea that we're your ambassadors. How could we possibly speak for the God of the universe? How could we possibly live a life that's worthy of you? But you've given us all those tools. You've saved us through Christ. You've put your Holy Spirit in our lives to empower us, to teach us, to convict us, to push us. All you ask is for faithfulness among us. All you ask is for us to be your ambassadors and to represent us well. And the key there is that when we trust Christ and we truly get Jesus deep inside our heart, we don't live for ourselves anymore. We live for you. God, I pray that we continue to go through this series that you will convict folks that they need to turn to you and that they have not trusted you as Savior and they have not become this new uh, new creation that you talk about in your words but they need to get that right first for those of us who have surrendered our lives to you and become new God I pray that we'll stop acting like we're old and beat up and worn out these filthy rags we're new and we're spotless before you and you don't hold our sins against us anymore and you've given us this privilege of being your ambassador of representing us in the world God pray that we'll stop acting like we're not God please help us where we're weak Help us where we lack the faith and the trust. Help us where we so selfishly live for ourselves so that we will represent you in the world well. Not that we're moral people and not that we do good stuff occasionally and not that we go and try to help our community, God, but that we boldly, faithfully, in love and with urgency proclaim the gospel. 
and tell others that they can be reconciled to you, that they can be saved from an eternity without you because of Jesus. God, press this purpose on our hearts. Stamp it on us. Give us the desire and the fervor and the will to live a life worthy of your ambassadors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys and we'll talk to you soon.